Have you ever wondered what questions to ask your financial advisor or why those questions are crucial? In today's episode, we're tackling exactly that. We're discussing the vital questions that bring transparency and depth to your financial advisory relationship here on Mondays with Matt. Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement, and questions you need to ask your financial advisor, or you might want to ask your financial advisor, or you maybe must asked your financial advisor. So either way, it's some good questions for you to think about. Hope you guys are doing well. Matt and I are going to rock this out today for you. And what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, Mark. I am doing great. Um, we had some interesting conversation, but it's like uh, kind of like uh, my attention deficit is kicking in today or something. So <laughs> <laughs> we were we were having some great conversations. Now, there's a lot going on. It's uh, beginning of December and, um, you know, um, we're recording this prior to the weekend. And uh, so Michigan, my favorite football team, college football team, is uh, playing for that Big Ten championship. So, really so, excited. Yeah. And when I start to talk about stuff, I get excited about like that. And don't well, don't jinx them. And real estate, I just kind of like jump all over the place. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you're going to hear from a kind of an excited perspective today. And um, yeah, we're just going to talk about questions that you should be asking, or maybe you wondered about asking your financial advisor. Okay. And um, yeah. Well, so, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you know, so, you know, some people have, some people are weird about asking someone like about money, like how, how do you get paid basically. Right. And other people are very blunt about it, but it's a completely fair question. You know, if you're sitting down to, if you're checking out a new advisor, if you're checking in, you know, uh, shopping around or whatever the case is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just saying, Hey, how do you get paid? Right. Cause there's definitely different compensation models out there, Matt. So talk to us about that, the different models and, and share with us. Yeah, um, this is an interesting question. Like you said, it, sometimes it's going to be a little bit awkward. A lot of times when we first talk to somebody, these are questions that we'll talk about today that are kind of just, it'll help get to know us too. But um, a lot of times people just have in general questions, but, but really where this all should take place is that first meeting with an advisor. And um, so, yeah, how do we get paid? Our first meeting is always free. It's just a complimentary consultation and um, it's something that we offer to a new client coming on board because naturally you're curious. You want to know about our firm. We're curious. We want to know about what it is that you've done and with your life and your planning. Uh, maybe you haven't planned at all. So how do we get paid? Um, there's generally two types of ways. We we collect fees for services that we provide. So if we do financial planning, we collect a fee for the planning service. If you need me to do some kind of an analysis, we can bill by the hour and just do an hourly analysis. And then for um, asset management, we charge a uh, a fee. It's not flat. It is graded. So um, starts out, and then it. Yeah, the more assets you have, the lower the fee you pay. So every it could be possible that you and the client next to you are paying two different fees because you have more assets, or they do, and they hit our breakpoints. And so we charge less the more assets that somebody has with our firm. Um, that's fee only model. Mm -hmm. So that a fee only model means that we don't collect any commissions. So if I move or we change your portfolio around, or um, there's some buying and selling that's done, um, we don't get paid to move your money. Uh, right. So other, typically like broker or broker relationship versus uh, the style you're talking about. So when someone calls up and says, hey, I need to buy XYZ stock, they get charged a commission, right? That's just more of a broker yeah. relationship. 
Yeah, and I'm like a broker. Yep, if you want to buy buy and sell stocks, generally they're happy to process the transaction for you because they get paid a commission. Right. Um, commission based products can be stocks, bonds, and mutual funds on the brokerage platform. And um, then the more your advisor moves your money, the more they get paid. And that it's not necessarily the best model for you because if somebody's constantly moving your money, the question that I ask first is if that was a good investment, why are you changing it in three months or six right. months? And a lot of times was, we, we see that relationship in the growth phase, right? You know, when you're talking about retirement phase, you're, you're probably not looking for that kind of relationship anymore. Correct. Correct. And so as people are growing, they're trying to buy, maybe buy, sell or capitalize. But the, if, if you, if you work with a broker, um, no offense to brokers, but um, the the data sh- clearly shows that eight out of ten fund managers underperform their benchmark. So, active management, moving that money around a lot, is not actually probably helping you. It's probably hurting you. So, if you ha- are in that model, you might consider looking at the other model. Um, and then, so um, I don't get commissions for any securities. Um, we do. We are a fee only. So there's fee only, there's commission based, and then there's fee based, which could mean could mean uh, your advisor gets a commission when they sell you a product, and then they wrap your assets and they start charging you a fee later on. Mm. We don't do that either, but the firm that I used to work with, they do that. So they move your money into a new investment. He's getting paid a commission up front, or they are getting paid commission. And then they start charging fees too, which is tends to be very expensive for the client in the long run. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and there's yep. nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with it. There's multiple models out there, but it's certainly worth asking how they get paid and then how that's going to work and relate for what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, for you guys, Matt, you know, what does your typical client look like? And again, I think this is a fair question for people, you know, consumers to ask whomever they're shopping around for. What does your typical client uh, look like? You know, some because we hear all sorts of things. Like some advisors are like, "Hey, if you have a half a million dollars or more, give us a call." Right, and so. So somebody might say, well, you know, maybe I don't qualify for their net worth or, you know, sometimes with the bigger firms, you think the people feel like if they don't have a big enough number, uh, they won't get the same attention. Right. So there's nothing wrong with asking what kind of what kind of firm are you? Are you like a big box? Are you like a boutique? Like, what's the deal? Right. Yeah, we're more of a boutique firm. Um, I would say that in given the area that we're in, um, probably a good deal of our clients are the average Average household size is probably, I want to say, between 150 to 300,000 average. Um, we're certainly, we've got people with multiple millions. Um, we've got several clients that are over a million dollars in, in manageable net worth. But um, in the average client is probably, it, it's funny because I looked at a firm that was much, much larger than mine just recently, and mm-hmm. their average client size is about 50 grand. And I was like, holy cow. How did he get so big then? And it's with lots of advisors. So, oh, so they're doing. It's, so they're it, doing volume versus you know a lot of volume right, versus yeah. yeah versus net worth. So right. I would say that our average person. I mean, we when I sit down with somebody personally, I like to do the planning with them, and that generally entails that we tend to collect all all of the assets to manage. Generally, we're we're helping them, assisting them with that. Um, there's benefits to them for that reason, but also I was just explaining to somebody else the other day. I merged in a couple of practices, and so our uh, average age of our per, of our clientele is now getting a little bit older. I'm going to say our probably our average is probably uh, that 65 to 73 is probably the average. Um, so we're we're getting a little just due to the, the fact that we took over a little bit of an older practice in the past. Um, that kind of puts our average up there. But 
Um, we, we work with a lot of pre-retirees currently, um, and a lot of the new business that we get is, I would say, 50, 50 to under 60. Gotcha. Okay. People, people looking to retire, manage that nest egg. They're getting closer, and uh, if they haven't done planning in the past, they definitely are interested in doing that. I find a lot of people in the 40s, 40-year-olds 40 right now are, are getting a hold of us, too, that they want to make sure they're in the right neighborhood, um, to make sure they're doing things right. That's great. And I, and I frequently get the question from a lot of people in their 50s, you know, what? how much should I have saved for retirement? You know, how am I doing compared to other people my age? So our typical client is in that, I would say, um, 45 to 65 is probably... And, and that's really good to hear because a lot of times, you know, for financial advisors, often they don't, people don't reach out to them until 55, right? You know, yep. or, you know or, or even sometimes 60 and they're like, hey, I'm planning, I want to retire in two years or, or four years or whatever. Uh, and so having more time to plan is certainly going to be helpful. Doesn't mean you can't get it done if you reach out to Matt and you're 60 years old and you want to get started. But the more time that you have, more runway you've got, right, the better chances of uh, of a successful takeoff, if you will. So Def- definitely, and um, you know, this all it, it all matters. So the more time you have, and the earlier you get a hold of us, the better. Because um, yeah, if there's some tweaks that need to be made to your, maybe it's the aggressiveness, and you need to be more aggressive with your money, or maybe you're um, you've just like like you said, Mark, um, you just kind of winged it all all along, and you're using the advice of whoever helped you set up your 401k. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not planning about your situation. They're, they're planning for hundreds of people at the same time. So it's, it's, it, it's important to meet with a financial advisor personally. Well, so that, that actually brings me to my next question then. So what is your investment philosophy? So that's got to also sort of match with the person you're looking for as an advisor, right? So if you come in, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, Matt, what, what kind of, what's your investment philosophy? Because maybe you're looking to work with someone who's a bit more aggressive or risky, uh, or maybe you're looking for someone who's a bit more safe, right? Someone who's doing active versus passive, so on and so forth. Yeah, this is really important. Um, you want to align yourself with somebody who who makes sense to when they talk to you. Um, but our philosophy is basically own equities. You know, um, diversify the mix and rebalance the portfolio so that you stay in your optimal risk tolerance. But you're right. There are some funds. There are some cases where people have some assets that they want to be more aggressive with, and they don't really care about the diversification. They really just are aiming for. Uh, high rates of return. They don't care about volatility. We're young. We don't have to worry about that. And we we can do stuff for for you still, even in um, even in some diversified manner or fashion. But you can stay very aggressive if you want to. My particular philosophy is everybody should have a backup plan. So if you're a business owner and you say, "Well, I reinvest everything I have in my business," don't do that because there's a very good chance you're going to have bad years. Or you get disabled and you can't perform the business or even that your business fails. So everybody needs to be doing a backup plan. Even if you work for an employer and you have a pension or 401k, definitely meet with us and make sure that you got something in your back pocket so that in good times and bad times, your plan's going to work. Yeah. That you're saving and investing for a successful retirement ahead for yourselves and start at a young age and get putting money away. If you can do 10 to 15% in general. Um, that's great. And then, like I say, diversify that portfolio a little bit. Always own equities, even to the day that you die, I think, because they outperform fixed income. And that's what's really going to make you wealthy. And that's what's going to help replenish your portfolio when you're in retirement and taking distributions. 
Okay. Um, keeping keeping some money in the market too. Well, so you know, so that kind of philosophy kind of ties in a little bit with the next question to, to, to a degree. Particular strength or specialty. Now, you might have like I talk with advisors all across the country, Matt. Some are very um, prone. They, they like to talk. They like to really focus more on taxes than maybe another one does. Or I have some that focus specifically on very unique job communities, like some that only really try to work with you know first responders, police, fire, EMS, right? So, and that's totally cool too. You might find someone that's that it's in that grain. Uh, for you, obviously, you kept talking about diversification. Is there a strength or a specialty you feel like you kind of uh, fall in line with? Um, yeah, actually, as a business model, um, I've just kind of revisited this this year. Um, I've been working with uh, with a gentleman to help narrow my focus as well. So we are kind of rolling out and specializing in um, working w- with other advisors in practice acquisition. Um, but also, um, if you're widowed and divorced and you're a female, um, specifically, because generally, uh, um, we are, you know, in a general sense, we're, we're looking at working with everybody that fits in that category. But if you're divorced and or widowed, um, we pay a high level of attention to you. We have, uh, ways that you can look at your personal financial situation and, uh, you got some more challenges than the average uh, person does when it comes to retirement planning. So women, for example, take more time out of the work, out of work in order to take care of families, right? Take, whether that's kids or aging parents, they tend to take more time. I'm, I'm talking in a general sense here, but because of that, um, and the known wage gap for many years, they could end up having less in their retirement accounts or making, making less money, even still putting away the same percentage, they'll have less. So we want to be cautious and we want to be careful when we're talking about retirement planning with them because there are some additional challenges for women. Um, and then also in the divorce situation, we're here to kind of provide that support and that advice that um, they might need when they're walking through a situation where they're suddenly in charge of finances and they weren't in the past or they're getting maybe uh, you know a, a chunk of spousal assets that they don't know what to do with. They don't know how to handle them. Are they? They don't understand the tax tax implications and yeah. things like that. So yeah. these are very important topics. They're very sensitive, and uh, you know we we want to be sensitive to people that are walking through that situation. Okay. Um, but as it as it relates to taxes and things like that, you did mention strategy. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I'll get a client ask me a question, and almost every time, it's the answer is it depends. And when in the back of my mind, you're asking me where to pull money from. I'm thinking about taxes always. We're doing tax planning. You know, we integrate. We work with your accountants, um, but we also are very concerned about that person with the estate planning background, making sure that they have a will, powers of attorney, those most important documents that you'll ever sign while you're living need to have those in place. So um, we cover it all. We're very comprehensive at the same time. But um, I would have to say, you know, our, our particular strength or specialty is working with women that are either divorced or widowed, and then um, also succession planning for other financial advisors. Okay, very cool. Uh, contact, you know, so setting expectations on uh, how much contact you're having, right? So that's certainly something that people need to do and ask that question that you need to get that right with your advisor so that you don't feel like you're being ignored or something like that. Uh, how often do you guys meet? I mean, obviously the normal is probably once a year, but what about phone calls or things of that nature? Uh, yeah, I like to have that face-to-face. And actually I got some clients that like to text and I'm more of a pick up the phone and I'd like to talk to you, hear the voice inflection, I really understand. But those personal face-to-face meetings, all of our clients, we like to see them 
once a year or once every couple of years. Mm-hmm. It really depends on um, how often they feel that they need to see us. Um, we also provide lots of education. So I see a lot of clients at some of our educational events, and then we don't necessarily get out to, uh, together with a one-on-one meeting every single year, but it might be every other year or every couple of years. So um, it really depends on what the client expectation is. And if, if you have needs, we we're, we're here all the time. Kind of as and, needed sounds like. Yeah. But, um, I do a lot of education so that I know that kind of leads into sure that, yeah, keep going. one of our, yeah. one of our next thing topics we're going to talk about is, so we do, um, often we'll do a lunch and learn and we'll have maybe 50, 60 clients come to one of those lunch and learns where we're talking about a topic that is, you know, on the minds generally of a lot of folks at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, that gives me the ability to talk to lots of people at the same time. I can see them one-on-one, face-to-face, monthly or every every few months. And then also, um, we provide lots of resources. Like I sent out a quarterly newsletter with some information. We're sending out an email. If you're not on our email list, please email me and request to be. Um, but we also send out an email that goes out every couple of days. It's um, just kind of gives you some highlights and topics maybe that you're not thinking about, about your financial situation. And we like to do it fun. So yeah. it's not um, too blah and boring reading. It's more fun and entertaining, but it, we also get our financial concept in there. So, um, so yeah, you got, provide- I mean, you got the podcast, you've got the, the newsletters, you've got the uh, lunch and learn. So lots of different stuff. Yeah. We, we like to provide lots of education and I think that the, the better we are at doing that um, naturally, the less my phone rings with clients that are upset or, you know, concerned, um, a lot of times they know my philosophy just because they've been to a lot of our events. There you go. So, Matt, what happens if there's an emergency and I can't get a hold of you? Right? That's a fair question to ask an advisor. That's a great question. Yeah, we've got a team of people. Um, I do have another advisor on on staff, and, and being that I'm talking about succession planning, and that's one of my targets, I also have a younger advisor who recently got licensed with us he works in his own office off-site here, but um, yeah, there's there's other resources available. Um, Rebecca is our primary uh, go-to client service associate, so she she works hand in hand with all of the clients, and she knows what's going on with your situation. Very very friendly to talk to. Um, has a great relationship with a lot of our clients, and so uh, if I'm not available, she's generally here and available. We also, if you call into our office during working hours, we can get the phone. We have a live answer for you so that you're taken care of. You're, when that person takes a message, we get notified of it immediately. So, Gotcha. Um, well, yeah. and that kind of basically just works right into my my wrap-up then. So, you know, since you are a boutique firm, which we mentioned earlier, you know, people will often say when they come in to see an advisor, well, am I working? I, I want to see you. Like, am I here to see you? You know, especially like if it was a radio show or a television show that brought the lead in or something like that, they go, am I working with you or somebody else? And with you being a boutique firm, obviously it sounds like they're basically working with you and, and of course, Rebecca uh, pretty closely for most of the part. Yeah, for the most part, um, that's true, um, and and they are. I mean, we we have one advisor per couple or family, and if you're not working, you know, w- with that advisor, we're capable or we have the ability to take a look at your financial situation and and help pretty much anybody. Um, but with um, with uh, the other couple of advisors that are licensed with us here, we got one working out of the office and one working, out, like I mentioned, outside of the office. We're here. And we can, you know, Rebecca can handle getting you to the right person pretty much any day. So um, we're here. We're, we're highly attentive. We try to be. 
um, at all times. And there's there's a, the occasion where um, we just, you know, it takes us another day to get back to you. But um, generally, I like to get back to clients rather immediately or within 24 hours of, of getting a call. So Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So there's some questions to ask your advisor. And uh, we asked Matt as well. So if you've got some questions yourself that you'd like to sit down, especially if you're, you know, if you are shopping, make sure that you run through some of this stuff and think about the things that you really need to convey with the potential person that you're shopping with. And of course, if you're working with Matt, you already know this, but if you're not and you'd like to, you know, have a chat with him, reach out to him. 989-401-2949 is the number to call. 989 401 2949 or just stop by the website greatlakesretirementsolutions.com that's greatlakesretirementsolutions.com and don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform app you like to use we're on all the biggies as well so thanks for hanging out matt appreciate you buddy hey thanks mark and thanks everybody for listening and uh yeah if you got any other questions feel free to give us a call reach out um we're always happy to answer those questions meet with you and uh hey if you ever want to do something fun you know we don't always have to do our our meetings in the office i like to get out and uh and and do fun things with clients too so well there you go that's another little added bonus so that's another little added bonus all right well we'll (laughs) see you next time right here on mondays with matt with matt starkey Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.